So, we've always had a bit of an elephant in the room. We've always said it in hushed tones, but we thought today, finally, we'd acknowledge it head on. Our dear Talisa is ready to come out of the closet. Talisa, I love you. I'm here for you. This is a safe space. Go ahead and tell South Africa what you've been hiding. I don't know if I've been hiding it. I have been, I have been somewhat ashamed of it. <laughs> Go ahead, boo. Don't, don't, don't dance around it. Just, just tell it like it is. It's okay. It's time. I have never had a domestic worker. <laughs> so ironic that I do this, but. Yeah. <gasps> okay, but now, define never. As in never, just never ever. In not, your not in whole life. Home, not in life, not now, just I've never had one. Yes, boys and girls, you heard it here first. Teliza Florence Cindy has never had help. I can't believe you exposed my second name. I can't. Ever. Focus, girl, focus. Ever. <laughs> And it's something we've never discussed openly, but we thought today in a special edition of The Mate Sessions, we would give her the opportunity to speak out for the first time. Speak out? <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Thank you for the space. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Mate Sessions on cliffcentral.com. Uh, yeah, so we're going to hit the ground running. Girl. Like to me, this thing has always been inconceivable, and the reason, quite frankly, that we haven't actually gone into it now until now, rather, is because, like, I think my brain just Denied rejected it. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my conditioning completely, completely overlooked every single time that you said you never had help. Overlooked what that actually meant because. It is so normal for me. Like, I cannot conceive of life without a helper. Mm, that's amazing. But I wonder if most of the sort of low economic class has that as a norm. Has not having help as a norm. Yeah, not mm -mm, having help. Mm -mm. Like, my family's had a lot of social mobility. So, you know, we've like, I think we've straddled different different classes and then certainly in the case of my extended family um there are a lot of them who are working class right so i've definitely been in all these different environments but never not once in any of those environments was help not a thing so if i go and i visit my grandmother who was a domestic worker in her village in the eastern cape and she lives on um social welfare right she goes and she she gets a grant at the end of of every month the way she lives and the money she herself has she she would be considered lower class and even when she has had very little she's always had help that's amazing i didn't know that yeah so it is definitely a cross-cutting thing which is why at first it was ironic to me when domestic workers would say to us that in order to go to work they would hire help but it makes sense to me because of how ingrained that thing is in our in our society. But we're here to, to talk about you and your um, freakish but amazing experience. <laughs> I know, I'm terrible. So how were you raised without help? Um, 
how did things work in your household? Did you have a household? <laughs> did you have a house? <laughs> did you have a house? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, okay, so I, I grew up in Congo for the first four years of my life. Mm. And I sort of vaguely remember the help that we had there. Actually, as as we say this now, that means I had help. Okay. For those, so for those it's years. not never, yes. never, never, never. I guess in South Africa. Yes, in South Africa, uh-huh. I've never had help. But also, I guess in the years that I had help, it was barely something I could remember. Okay. But what my mother tells me about that help was that they used to come in and do things like do doing the laundry or, you know, mopping the floors and cleaning windows and that kind Can of I stuff. Can I just say that I gave you a dramatic entry? It was pretty dramatic. And now it turns yeah. out, back feel, at the ranch. I feel like it's quite hard to live up to that. <laughs> You're just like a regular Joe. <laughs> no, I kid. Okay, so your mother would say. Yeah, so 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 they would deal with those kinds of things um, and like give a bottle to the child if there was a child in the home and then they would leave. So it, it was it was just like a few hours that they would come in in the, you know, in not even in the complete time that, my parents were out of the house and at work. Um, and then by the time they'd come back, um, so she, she literally, <laughs> my mom used to tell her neighbor to just step into her house or her apartment from time to time to check on us. Natural. As babies. Yeah. So it wasn't. As babies, yeah, infants. As, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, who knows? But that's but, why you're so bloody self-sufficient. I've <laughs> never met anybody more self-sustaining than you. Ever. And that's because. <laughs> <laughs> because I could have drowned in my own vomit as a baby. Yes. It does things to you. <laughs> it changes you. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, so they used to fill i think it, they used to fill about 4 hours or so of the day um just make sure you know the clothes are on the line and that kind of stuff and then when my mom would come back so she would cook she would um you know do all the taking care of you know the children's stuff and it wasn't even help it was actually just a boy that a boy parents, now yes and we only had boys um okay but now but that was were, boy the term that you used to describe the help, or no, was he was literally a boy. He, he was little. like a he was like a thirteen year old boy. <laughs> no, he was an actual boy. Oh he was God. not a he was not a grown ass black man that we called a boy. He was a boy. This is so yes, fascinating. But we, but we called we we. I'm so I mean, in ethically general, conflicted. Like, <laughs> is it worse to call a grown man a boy or to have an actual boy? <laughs> I, don't know. I know, right? I don't know. <laughs> Spanish works. So, um, yeah, in general, the, the cleaners and domestic workers were boys or men. And he wasn't actually a cleaner at all. And he, his parents, so my parents knew their parents, but their parents couldn't afford to take him to school. Mm. Um, so he missed a whole year of school. They just couldn't afford it. And so my mother didn't want him to just be sort of sitting around and doing nothing. So she called him to just, you know, like take care of things in the house or else she wouldn't have actually hired him. Mm. She wouldn't have had him because she had an agreement with her neighbor (laughs) (laughs) to just make sure. This arrangement with the neighbor was so serious. It was, it was literally that simple. And then because he was available, she just decided, okay, let me just give you a job. So I, I think she has generally never quite believed in it because she's always believed that, um, we should always do our own things, mm. even as a very, very busy working woman. And my mom's a lawyer. So sure. You see how I assumed that your mom <laughs> had no 
career <laughs> this whole time. Are you serious? That I've known you. <laughs> and if I think about why, it is because she raised that many kids without help. Ah. That automatically, I assume, this woman must have zero profession. Mm. You, your mom is a what now? She's a lawyer. Like... A, like like a, the, the real law, like actual law, like <laughs> like a like a lawyer. She's a lawyer, lawyer. Sure. Yeah. Like a practicing lawyer. She's a she. She does legal. Ad, she's like a legal advisor now. Okay. Yeah, but in Congo, she was. That's what was up. Okay, so hence the neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that neighbor. Big ups. I want to send a shout out <laughs> to the neighbor. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, and so and so when he went back to school, um, so yeah, he was thirteen, and when he went back to school, then we didn't have anyone in the house again. Okay. So that was literally like the only stint that my mom had with any kind of help in the house, and I think that's probably why I didn't remember it as help because you know he was just a boy that didn't have anything to do, and so my mom just mm. decided to mm. to give him something to do. Mm. Um, but when we came here, and we're five kids, so I have four brothers, and then there's me. Um, (laughs) my mom just she always raised us to do all the work you know so so she aha so if you (laughs) if you cannot have help you become the help then raise help yeah Yeah. I feel like this is what a lot of black parents (laughs) it's true it's for to teach you about responsibility (laughs) meanwhile (laughs) lovely little help those who cannot have raised that's so funny yeah so um I I, I think my brother definitely felt that way I mean even though we did have help like for instance we never had a gardener because my brother would do the garden yeah yeah things like that yes yeah definitely so Mm. we we sort of did well she did the same thing my dad did too so you know we sort of take turns with washing the car or to mow the lawn I love mowing the lawn you mow lawn I love it so much you it's so fun mow lawn yes Jeez. it's so fun I feel like your market value <laughs> your lawala just went up <laughs> by 10% you chased everyone away <laughs> no dude none of these men actually want to mow the lawn <laughs> no but I really enjoyed um because like we had so much handiwork to do from like, you know, changing the light bulbs handiwork, as kids no. to, you know, like unscrewing, screwing things and, put, you know, putting things back together, all that stuff. And I think that maybe part of my intrigue with building things comes from that. Children's rights were not a no, thing in your no, home, it was, huh? No, it's because just it, not a Congolese thing. It wasn't thing it wasn't hectic. Uh-huh. It was just, you know, every day. I mean, I find what I find hectic are when some kids have to polish their their like courtyard, their like front porch, mm, like stoop. every Saturday morning. Mm. And that that courtyard is so big. <laughs> and but you're gotta, like, but you were little. You were you were a girl, and you were the youngest. Yeah, and I there was, you yeah, were. I was the youngest mowing the lawn. I was the youngest for ten years, and then my little brother came. Oh, yes, so now of I'm the second youngest. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that guy took my spot, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. And, but so your parents literally because this is no. But you know how mowing kids, lawn is gendered. But you know how as kids, you can make anything fun. Fun. You so know, for you, and it was so fun. yeah, and so sometimes, like you know, I'd I'd have my little my my older brother sit on top of the lawn mower, and we pretend that it's a car or oh, things girl, like that. O- you know what I mean? But these older brothers are sneaky as <laughs> I know. Fuck, like they know how to get you to do anything. I remember, <laughs> I mean, 
there was nothing my brother couldn't talk me into. Oh, really? Yeah, he would just spin it into something cool and fun mm. and then end up making me do <laughs> all the <this> stuff. <laughs> but I think in general, I was very tomboyish. Okay. And I don't know, I don't know if I was tomboyish because I was always surrounded by men. I mean, I loved climbing the trees with them. I loved doing basically everything mm. they used to do. I never used to have dolls. Mm. So I didn't. What? You never had even, dolls? No, no. So I, so I didn't even understand what it this meant. This really is to an expose of another kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, my mother has never bought me a single doll no. in life. Yeah, but it's fine. I mean, I had so... Are you sure it's fine? Yes. Do you know yes. that it's fine? Would you yes. assume that it's fine because yes. it worked it out? It's so wonderful. It's so funny, though, it's because lovely. you and I are polar opposites in so many different ways. It actually makes so much sense now. We did not duplicate <laughs> efforts ever because we were so different. I had at least a hundred bobbies. Are you for real? I'm not even being like... I don't. I can't even conceive of that. I'm not exaggerating here. I had at least a hundred. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Did they ever have an afro? Any of them? Mm, No. They were all blonde, weren't they? Usham. We'll talk about it. It's okay. It's all right. Oh, you had to. You had to call me out, huh? Yes, that's why Shots I have, fired. That's, <laughs> fine. I, I had white Barbie dolls. Maybe that's 100 why. A hundred of them and you had none. <laughs> but okay, cool. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, and we used to take turns, you know, so I mean, just, just like regulated chores and mm. you know that it's your turn to do certain things. What really did frustrate me though is that it was always different with me. Um, in terms of what to do in the kitchen and stuff. And so I had more chores to do in the kitchen than the boys. Mm. Or they do like really silly things. So, okay. So my, like my parents just never wanted to, um, change the TV channels. Mm. And so it doesn't matter where you were. If you're at the friend's house, they would call you to come to the house to change the TV (laughs) channel for them. It was just so crazy. I could never understand it, but they'd only ever call me. They wouldn't call my brothers. Even if my brothers were sitting there in the lounge next to them, they wouldn't tell them. So there was, there was something strange about how they treated me and how they treated my brothers. Because that's not, because like oftentimes chores will be gendered, but these aren't gendered at all. No, they're not. But my my mother, and it's this particularly my mother. My Had mother. Had for you? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. My mother always, um, you know, she she always raised me to be uh wife ready. You know, to be housewife. Remote ready. control. Yes, to be housewife ready. But, Changing but, channels. No, but what that is was getting your wife ready. What what for her that was was to be submissive without complaining, uh. even in a situation that is unfair. Or so she used to, or unnecessary. So she used to create very ridiculously annoying and frustrating circumstances oh in order to test my patience and to make sure that I don't rebel, get annoyed Dude, and start kicking and screaming. How did I not realize how interesting your life has been? Maybe that's why I'm so quiet, actually. Oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Um, or I take long to also, deal with things. But, you know, just a side thought, does it help that I used to decapitate my white <laughs> oh, that makes it so juicy, girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so now, when you got to South Africa, did your mom stop working? Yes, she did. Okay. And, and I mean, I, th- I think that's also the nature of law is that, you know, in certain countries, mm. uh, you have to learn the law of the country that you go to. So she learned, you know, Congolese law. And I mean, you, you learn sort of general universal laws, laws from different countries, but you specialize in your country's laws. And so she hadn't specialized in South African laws. Mm. So she had to first 
get a sort of supplement. She had to undergo a supplement okay. course, so she decided to just do her masters. And um, but she was around a lot. She was at home then. Yeah, so, so she was at home for ten years when we got here. Okay, and she she did she did try to get work, but she realized it wasn't going to be that okay. easy until so she actually did. While something. she was at home, she didn't need a neighbor, right? Or, no, all help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all <laughs> help uh, because presumably she, along with her little helpers, yes, being you, yes, um, had things waxed. Yeah. Okay. But hated it. I really did. Like a lot of the times I hated it. You know, you know when, when sometimes, yes, it's fun. And then after a while, it's just chores. So yeah. I used to fight a lot with her about that. That kind of, cause I also know the relationship you have with cleaning now. Yeah. I hate isn't it. fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that sort of makes sense. There's a trauma there. For me, there's no trauma. <laughs> there's no trauma. There's like complete disinterest. <laughs> Hate it. Don't tell me to wash nothing for you. I'm okay. Um, okay. But now, from a parental point of view, when you weren't um, doing housework, did it feel like as children there was enough caregiving to go around with one mother and five kids? You know what I think mothers do, oh. actually, when they have a lot of children, is I think... They make you take care of each other. Yeah, but or, or they make you entertain each other. They, okay. you know, they, yeah. So, so we ended up having, I mean, yeah, we, like, I can't even remember ever spending time with my mother. Hmm. And I don't, I mean, yes, now there's some latent things as an adult that I realized, but at the same time, I didn't feel like it was lacking when mm. I was younger. Um, and it's because I really enjoyed my brother's company so, yeah, all of my brother's company so much. Like my older brother and I, we weren't so great. We used to fight all the time. Mm. But my second and my third oldest were like my best friends. So um, I wasn't, I wasn't like ever lonely. The things, didn't you feel there was a special kind of attention you needed as a girl from your mother that you... Yeah, absolutely. But the the only attention she could offer me is um, the grooming into a, a housewife. Okay. Yeah, that's the only attention she gave me and it's attention okay. I hated. So I used to reject that all the time. So I remember my mom and I used to clash all the time because I knew deep down inside I wasn't going to be that kind of girl mm. because I wasn't going to stay at home. I, I'm not quite a submissive person. I do have, you know, strong opinions and I want to be heard and See, I love hearing people. Just like, just, I know, I know, but plummeted. I don't, I don't quite mind, <laughs> you know, but, but I, you yeah, just lost and, all your games, <laughs> all your Lawala games. You have even less than you started with now. <laughs> but it's so interesting though, because Every time my mother wanted to turn me into something I knew I wasn't, I kept feeling rejected. I felt rejected for the person that I knew I was in my head and my heart, and she just would never see that. So so I didn't like her. I didn't enjoy her. Okay, so you didn't necessarily then feel like you wanted to be around her because no. it was a bit painful for you, right? Yeah. But now I'm just trying to assess this in relation to not having help. So say hypothetically... You'd had a good relationship with her. You, you'd wanted to spend time with her. Would there have been time with her raising five kids without help? I think so. Mm-hmm. Because my mother found a way to regiment absolutely everything. So, you know, by the time we got to like 
bath ourselves. She didn't have to worry about that. We could feed ourselves. We could cook for ourselves. We literally could cook for ourselves. At what age? Um, <laughs> really young, like before we were ten. You we, could what now? We when could, you were we could sorry? cook for ourselves. Yeah. So so she she does this thing right. Like it, it's it's process. Uh-huh. driven so uh-huh. she she starts with Pro- like process driven. process driven yeah so yeah. she she starts with things like okay. like eggs for instance right knowing how to make a breakfast and then she moves to like knowing how to cook rice for instance or different starches and then she moves on and then you know so she she builds you up to know all these different components you know what and i was eventually cooking when i was 10 teaches you how to do a meal when i was 10 you know oh. what i was cooking what were you doing Mud cakes. Water. Oh. <laughs> Boiling in water. In the garden. <laughs> Boiling for who? <laughs> Not even. Mud cakes. I mean, which I, I would then put on plates and try to feed to my family. That's very sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so. <laughs> no, my mother, my mother was so good. Primitive. At, at, at and um, under, underdeveloped. <laughs> no, my mom was so good at, at, reducing her tasks mm. so the tasks that she did have to do on top of that were so regimented as well so basically she would cook for my dad and um <clears throat> she would cook for like a week a week's worth of food mm. and then she would, the the rest of the day she wouldn't or the rest of the week she wouldn't have to deal okay, with cooking so because she was so process driven and systematic she found ways to kind of alleviate the the strain yeah. Of not having help. Yeah. Did at any point did you ever find your mother like stressed out? You know, did she ever look visibly overwhelmed by her role? No, not in your at home? all. Huh. I literally can't remember when she was stressed, but it's because her her routine would open her up to do her passion, which is sewing and designing clothes. So she's always... Um, of course, she's like she's a, always... a lawyer come <laughs> designer. <laughs> That's actually what she wanted to be. But then my my grandfather, her dad, told her that she has to get a degree. And so that's why she did law, but she never actually really cared. Mm. What she always wanted to do was clothing. So the routine um, really freed her up to do that. And I think that's actually why she wasn't ever stressed because she would free herself up to do the absolute thing that she really, really mm. wanted to mm. do. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. If she was stressed, she she really didn't. She hit it well. Okay. So then you moved out of home. That's it. And I'm assuming when you moved, you went to, to Vasti. And you mm. lived in Res, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, where where there are help, there are cleaners there that are employed by the university. So do they come in your room? They don't. So so we used to have flatlets, mm. and we used to have I think it's four rooms with about six girls or something, and two girls mm. share a room. Um, and so there used to be a lounge, a shared lounge, shared kitchen, that mm. kind of stuff. So they used to to clean the shared lounge and shared kitchen and mm. the shared bathrooms, but they wouldn't clean our rooms. Okay, but now not having had help, did you ever feel like? Your uh, your life skills, your lifestyle, your approach to life and living was different from the other girls. Um, I think what I what I've always noticed is um, that that I naturally feel like I must do something and no one else will do it for me. Mm. You're very um, interesting that way because you're an incredibly private person and I wonder if this has 
to do with why now I actually come to think of it. I've never thought about it this way. It's something I've always tried to work out, but I've always noticed that you are incredibly private. Yeah. You know, and like protective of your personal space. Um, whereas I am, but much less so. You know, mm. I am more than the average person, but you, which then takes you to like a whole other dimension. <laughs> 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 um, and like clothing, for instance, um, I remember once I saw you in a dress and I absolutely loved it, right? And I'm not the kind of person who, whoever shared clothes, my friends did. It was like a thing that they did. But I, you know, I've never shared clothes, but, um, like once or twice, um, you know, I'd learn something to a friend or they'd learn something from me. So it wasn't like a taboo thing ever. Mm. Um, it was just something I never really did. Um, so when, when then I, I, I remember distinctly when I asked you, so I complimented your dress and it was all good and well. Until I said, can I borrow it? I was like, this and friendship was, is over. I could see it was so uncomfortable for you to explain because you didn't want to offend me. Yeah. So you did that thing that you do like where you just like go quiet and then <laughs> I was read between my <laughs> but I suddenly wonder, you know, cause, and then you explained to me that you do have this very, um, personal relationship with your clothes. Yeah. And I wonder if it's because you've never had to give them to anybody else to l- look after. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely has a lot to do with it. Um, I also have really, yeah, also never shared clothes with anyone. I mean, I, I was the only girl. Mm. Um, but it also took a very, very long time for me to be comfortable with my physical identity you Mm. know in terms of my actual physical appearance but also clothing Mm. and um and I yeah I I didn't have the greatest references Mm. you know regarding those things and so for me it's my own internal achievement and Mm. so to to give someone any of my clothing is to give them a part of me. Mm. And that's something that should be gifted rather than loaned. But I, nev- so that's the kind of I never of- thought how um, having somebody who does my washing and handles my stuff yeah. affects my relationship with personal space or yeah. um, kind of compromises it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, And it's interesting because till today, like... Even if I imagine maybe, you know, bringing someone into my place to clean things, I would never let them touch my clothes. Mm. I'd rather do it myself. Mm. I don't even like putting it in the washing machine. I like washing it by hand. Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what it, what it is about, you know, how intimate a relationship I have with clothing, but it, it does go that far. Hmm. That's very interesting. I'm sure you inherited a lot of this kind of process orientation from your mother when you actually like know how to, what did you say, regiment things. Mm. But as a working professional, living by yourself, how do you manage your space without help? Oh, it's so interesting. I was thinking about this the other day. So my my housemate just recently moved out. So I'm all by myself, which is the best thing because I, I so desperately actually need to live alone for the moment. Um, and when she was around, I was doing absolutely nothing because I didn't know how to navigate a space that is not completely my own. Mm. So I just give up on it. Mm, <laughs> I didn't, mm. I didn't know how to do it. So, you know, I'd, 
maybe from time to time do the dishes and there would be some kind of uh, regime, but it would be, it would be a terrible, just a, it just, it, w- it wasn't enough. Mm. Um, and so it wasn't necessarily like the household was running smoothly at all. Mm. And now that, I mean, she's been gone for like 10 days and it's pristine again, you know? Mm. And it's not, it's not that she wasn't. It's that I just didn't know how to be that. With her around. Yeah, with her around. And so now, and it's not so even, interesting. and it's not that I get into routines at all. I feel my way through things. And so when I, f- I feel like rearranging the lounge or, cause I also wanted to be an interior designer. So I mm. love, I love messing with spaces anyway. And mm. I mean, I'm an architect now. So space is very precious for me. Um, but I do do it through, through feeling, mm. but it's, it's, yeah, it's like so important that it's first completely neat and then it's designed. And so because I know that the final outcome is that I get to design a space, it's not hard for me to clean because I know that, you know, I'll finally get to play with the space. And so that's what I've been doing. So, right. Okay. So that would be an incentive for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So, so yeah, I, I sort of clean. Through design. Whenever, yeah, but whenever I want. Mm. Um, and it's a lot more regular because it's for me. It's, you know, intentional. It's, mm. yeah, so it's really different. Yeah, that's the relationship I need with like cleaning. There's like something more. Because I also, I too enjoy messing around with spaces and I enjoy a bit of like, like I enjoy curating spaces, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's definitely much easier for me to keep a place clean when I've like designed it. Mm. Or, I know, right? You know, when I take yes. pride in it, um, then it's much easier for me. And it's actually so interesting because all this time, literally like my whole life until like 10 days ago, I always thought that I was generally a messy person. Mm. So it'll it'll take me a really long time to just fix up a space. Mm. But I think what was distinctly different between my whole life and now is that I finally have my own space. Mm. And I, I think I only care for space that I feel is my, my own. Before you got used to the idea, how did you feel in people's homes where there was a helper? You know, the thing about homes with helpers is that it's just unnecessarily neat (laughs) and well put together and functioning, you know? (laughs) I find there's something so sterile about, like, obsessive order. I can almost just put a book out of place. Just so, um, like, a space looks more lived in. Just to give it a bit of a... Humanity. <laughs> yeah. So, so the thing is, because because people live in a house every day, mm. it's, it's it's pristine for a short period of time, mm. you know. And so I knew that it was still lived in, and people were, you know, going to continue to dishevel it, I guess. But mm. but the difference was that it felt like it was well functioning, mm. you know, so that even if they mess it up. If I got there the next day, it would be okay again. You right, know? So, right. So that was the difference. And my my mom, I don't know. She, <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know if this is the right framing, but she had a sort of laziness mm. about keeping the house together. Mm. You know, um, and so although yes, it did offer us freedom as kids to do absolutely whatever we wanted, as one does. Yeah, but but at the <laughs> same time. I always felt so ashamed because my house wasn't put together. Okay. You know, so... That's interesting. Yeah. I've also always 
I think drawn a distinction. Like, I, I don't like dirt. I don't even like my own dirt, to be honest with you. Like, I'm just not a fan of dirt. This is a big part of why I value the work domestic workers do. I always said it is like hygiene. Mm. You know, not that like everybody shouldn't be responsible for their own personal hygiene, hygiene, but there's that, right, which I am responsible for. And then there's just like the hygiene in a space, mm. you know, where there's like multiple people breathing and like touching things and like leaving their DNA around. However, I hate when the domestic worker will like tidy my stuff. Mm. I'm sure a lot of people feel this way. You know when someone's tidied your stuff mm. and you like, you left it a certain way. And they make it a different kind of tidy. And, they ma- and then they make it a different kind of tidy. And it, then it just messes with your like natural order. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it, how it is at home, but I do know it at work. You know, mm-hmm. like when someone tidies your desk. Messes with your, your chi. Now, having lived in South Africa, but given that you, where there is this culture of help, Right and it's strong, um, and now that you've done our show and you know the immense value of help, right? So even even though you've like survived without it, I'm sure you've come to appreciate how much more it can be, you know, and how it makes um, South African homes more productive. Um, do you now see the value in having help? I've always seen the value in having help, even without having it, um, and I. Because I don't, I really don't need it now. But I think if I, I can imagine that if I got married and had children, that I probably would have help. Mm. Yeah. So it's not, it's not that it's something I'll never entertain. But yeah, I think I've just become, I've, I've been so self sufficient that for the moment I've been able to manage. And and also because there's there's something enjoyable for me about being in control of my space. Mm. And I also just really don't like having people in my space, which is something <laughs> I definitely have to work on, but it's but I just really don't. So Girl, be, I feel you. It'll be hard for me to get one now, but I could consider it and probably will have one. And it's so at odds with like wanting to have a family, that thing. Because I, I actually really am family orientated, but having bodies. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. In my space is like, oh, too much. it's so rough. <laughs> so rough. And the thing is like, I am almost permanently uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't even articulate what is so uncomfortable about it. It's really funny. I'd love to because you know I I also feel like you know people feel insulted like I've known some some friends for like ten years they don't even know that I have a house like <laughs> you know it's so hard. I swear I have I've had so many friends of mine just like damn near like you know break <laughs> it off <laughs> because like they'll be in my space and naturally like I'll. <laughs> I'll get this like after a while I'll get this like stank look like actually get out <laughs> actually, I don't even know it's there I tried but then the mm-mm. other thing I'll do is I'll like I'll run out of my own space I know <laughs> I know you I'll don't leave. know how to function in I'll your leave. own space anymore <laughs> you would think like I come from a big family that I shouldn't have a problem with sharing space mm. but actually it's probably because they would take up so much space and I yeah. have to keep fighting for space No you know what? I, it's it's important I desperately fight for it all the time It's just it's important it's not that I can't share any space like I can sh- I can share public space I can share communal space yeah. like if there is a designated communal space you know I can I can share that But it's, it's sort just... of in the name right that you have no choice <laughs> But to share it. Actually, just put me in a space where I have no choice but to share it. 
then I'm open. And then, mind you, at the same time, there have been people I've found I can very, very easily cohabitate with. Yeah. And those are people who know that, those are people who know how to have space in space. That is so true. That's Mm. the perfect way of saying it. Mm. Some encroach your space within your space. Mm. And it's just too much. And I find we've had helpers before who are space savvy. Mm. Like who won't just like sweep and mop you, Summer. (laughs) As you stand there. (laughs) And who know because, you know, cleaning a household is an intimate thing. Mm. You know, to get it done thoroughly. I feel like they're messing with people, you know. (laughs) You've got to, you've got to displace people a little bit, but you, you kind of, I've, I've had helpers where I feel like they're space savvy. So they'll like, they'll find a way to clean around your natural chi and your routine. Mm. You know what I mean? They'll just like feel it out. It's so true. Finally, do you think that we need help? Um, I think at varying degrees, yes. Um, <clears throat> I think some certainly more than others. I think it's unnatural, the lives that we live mm. for the moment. Um, the high amount of stress, anxiety, mm. depression. So because of that. Traffic, mm. just all those things are quite mm. unnatural things <clears throat> um, that have become natural. Mm. And so I think any mechanism that allows us to go back to a natural state, which is, you know, Having the time to reflect, having the time to connect, having the time to play, Mm. those sorts of things. On top of working, because, you know, work should also be fulfilling. Mm. It shouldn't just be work. But a lot of the times work has stopped being fulfilling and has just been about, you know, surviving and security Mm. and those sorts of things. And like founded on these very fearful principles of, you know, loss or sometimes even just comparison you know there's a Mm. fear around not being like the person next to you and what that that means for you in society so i think in our unnatural state yes it's very important that there is a mechanism there that allows people to maybe get back to a part of themselves that they feel is natural okay awesome yeah great this was very, very fascinating. Funny enough, a conversation you and I have never had, even like, you know, between ourselves, <laughs> yeah. which is rare. <laughs> that I'm very pleasantly surprised. Um, our thought of the day, I think, will be a question. In life. In the whole of life. In the whole, <laughs> <laughs> the whole yeah. thing. Okay. In the whole of life, um, where would you be today without help? And maybe that's a question that I should have asked you. I don't know if you want to answer that one. Hey? Where would my life be? Yeah. How do you think I your life would help. be different if you'd had help? One thing I think in this country mm. um, I might have been exposed to is language. Uh-huh. Mm, so uh-huh. I think, so I think I'd, because at the moment I don't speak any. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> South African, uh, you know, black languages. I don't mm. know what, what you call. Yeah. Vernacular. Yeah, vernacular. Um, yeah, so I don't speak any of those languages. So I think, yeah, I think I would have definitely maybe known some of it. That's I mean, I came here when I was four, so yeah. I think I would have really been you able to. You would have probably picked it up. Have picked it up. Um, I think I would have also been exposed to womanhood hmm. um, in ways that I struggle to understand today. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> I've always sort of felt like I I have to explore womanhood myself. I, I've had like 
no references besides be housewife ready. So, um, you know, what, what it looks like to be a confident woman, what it mm. looks like to be okay with feeling intelligent. Um, yeah, so I think, I think I could have been exposed to a different version of what womanhood could be. I also know that I, there was, there's still, I think till today, a lot of things I don't know how to tell my mother. Well, I don't know how to talk to her. Mm. Um, about because she's my mother, you know, there were, there were consequences to my thoughts. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to think in certain ways and do certain things. And so, because it wasn't, I wasn't completely open to being myself and to having questions that I had and that kind of stuff. Um, there's a lot. And until today, I, I, I just keep a lot of things to myself. And it's so funny actually, because my mom said that when I first started to walk, and I think I was like a year old or something. When I started learning to walk, everyone else knew that I could walk except for her. So she would go to oh, work. Wow. Yeah, she would go to work. And like, you know, my cousins or whoever was in the house used to see me walk. And the moment she would come into the house, I'd pretend I can't walk. Oh, wow. So my mother. <laughs> Fascinating. So my mother th sort of thought with me doing that, that I might always be a secretive child. Huh. And, and I really am like, I don't like sharing my life. I don't like telling people about anything. And I feel a deep sense of shame if anyone finds out anything about me because I just don't, I, I, I'm tired of being judged. I'm too late. I, mean. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't want to have to explain myself. I hate explaining myself. And so, you know, by being reserved, I don't open myself up to that, but it's not that I, I, I struggle with critique. I love critique, mm. but you know, critiquing my ideas and critiquing me are two completely different things. I don't accept someone critiquing me if they don't know me. Mm. Um, but I do engage and enjoy being critiqued on ideas. So I, I think that if I had a domestic worker, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't be as secretive as I am. Can you imagine the amount of interesting answers that will, will come know. out of this question? And I genuinely I want know. people, uh, you know, not for us, but just for themselves to reflect. Yeah. Um, because it's an interesting way to, to kind of frame. Mm. your life mm. thank you for joining us on the Mate Sessions with cliffcentral.com this very very special episode I'm of Tuliza Tazor <laughs> <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it I hope you did too uh, how can they get in touch with us thanks for the drama Em oh, anytime <laughs> girl uh, please uh, make sure to follow our Twitter page it's at Mate Project that's M-A-I-D-E Project as well as our Facebook page which is The Maid Sessions again M-A-I-D-E thanks so much for listening see you next week cheers bye Central. the revolution I've got something important to tell you cliffcentral.com